Come in. Hey, man, I'm sorry I'm late. The train's Shut up! You're here! And good thing, because we've got lots of work. It's Employee of the Month with Katie Lazarus, the talk show featuring unforgettable guests with incredible jobs. And now, here's my boss and your host, Katie Lazarus. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus. And on this episode, I spoke to the one and only Maya Rudolph. You may know her from Maya and Marty on NBC. You might know her from Bridesmaids or Saturday Night Live or Up All Night or one of the many indie films she's done, including Inherent Vice, which is done by her beau, Paul Thomas Anderson. He also did Magnolia, Boogie Nights, and so many more. Um, I love that those two misfits found each other and created spawned more misfits um she really is such a gem and right now maya's on tour with gretchen Liberum, who is an excellent musician check out her album sergeant i went to their show as well um but they're doing a tribute concert tour um in their band called princess and it's it's all a tribute to the late great prince and he loved them and that is saying so much in part because, you know, Prince was this brilliant uh, musician on another level and, and frankly, like leader in so many ways, um, truly uh, to other musicians, to other artists and to humans and in how he lived his life. And one of the things he was really very serious about was protecting his music. And so for him to to really uh, love them was a big deal. And they uh, Gretchen made an appearance on the show. They gave a little hint of how fun it is. But I, I also just love that they do this because it's clearly they're just having fun. I went to the show. <laughs> they're just having a blast. And yeah, it sells out and they probably make money off of it, but they probably make a ton of money off of it. But but that was definitely not the impetus. And I think it's super important um, when you mainly love what you do um, or not, regardless, to have something, some creative outlet that's just you're just doing it for fun. Yeah, You need it. I remember in that uh, awesome Joan Rivers documentary where she's asked if she paints and she's like, so what? Um, I asked Maya a similar type of question and got a similar type of response. All good. It was making me really happy. So housekeeping before we get to the interview. If you are a virgin to Employee of the Month, it is recorded live. The podcast is recorded live at Joe's Pub at the Public Theater. You can get tickets by going to joespub.com. The show does sell out, so you may want to go directly there. You can also go to the employeeofthemonthshow.com. That's employeeofthemonthshow.com website. Get on the mailing list. You can get a special, super secret discount code, um, which I recommend doing. And I'm also going to recommend getting, if you live in New York, get a New York City ID because then you get a discount to the public theater. In fact, I think it's a free membership. And I'm telling you that in part to tell myself that as well because I need to sign up for it too. I think you can also get a discount to the zoo, but apparently you got to schlep up to the Bronx even though they're supposed to have a great zoo there. Guys, I'm not just talking about the subway, okay? Um, also, in housekeeping, I want to thank our phenomenal sponsors, Russ and Daughters, russanddaughters.com. If you don't live in the tri-state area, or even if you do and you want to do your orders online, um, if you can go to their cafe, it's fantastic. I recommend going with someone, particularly like a client who's paying, um, 
or if if you're the one flushed with cash, you you can pick up that tab. It is such good food. Um, and you can also go to their um, deli. We had Josh Russ Tupper, who is one of the owners of Russ and Daughters, and probably one of the best lice loxers. Lice. <laughs> I just said lice loxers. One of the best lox slicers in the world on the show. He's also hilarious and a lot of fun. And he did he did a blind taste test of what's the best lox in New York. So definitely check out that episode in the Employee of the Month archives. Um, and Factory, F-C-T-R-Y, F-C-T-R-Y for all of your fun hip gifts, including uh Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and Bernie and Obama dolls um, to mustachifiers, which are pacifiers that have mustaches on them. Yes, I'm not kidding. Argyle socks for your favorite baby. Flapjacks, which I love, are um, for your computer. I have one myself. Unicorn snot and so much more. Um, and I think that's it for for. Oh, if you enjoy this episode, if you enjoy this podcast, please rate us on iTunes. Um, rate us highly. It's like when I tell someone to vote, I really want you to vote, but I really want you to vote for Hillary. Um, no matter how you feel about her, I'd like you to vote for her. Um, if only to ensure that the apocalypse doesn't happen. I'm not sure Canada can really fit us all in or if they're going to want to take us. Um, so yeah, if you enjoy the show, please do rate us on iTunes. It means a lot. If you can donate, do. Um, and on that note, I want to thank Maria Popova and Brain Pickings um, for being such a generous um, donor. And you should check out our episode with Maria and check out Brain Pickings as well. It's an unbelievable site. I get it every. I get her uh, mailings every Sunday. Um, and the Harnish Foundation and the Awesome Foundation as well. And um, the individuals who donate as well. Anywhere from 50 to um, $5,000. Thank you guys so, so much. Whatever you can give means a great deal. So let's move on to other topics. One is that I loved having Maya on the show just because she's such a fabulous person. And I've been listening to an interview recently with someone who's young and very, very successful. And she said like, yeah, if you're not going to make it as an actor, you should just be a good person. And um, those two are not mutually exclusive. Um, always strive to be a good person. And you'll um, hear that's palpable in our interview what a lovely human being Maya is. I am someone who never wanted to have my own empire or fempire as it is cloyingly called um, when uh, women head things up. But um, yeah, like I, I'm not going to, even though I have no cavities, I'm not going to write you a book on how to have no cavities. That said, I am going to give you my health tip for the day um, because I am had to become super health conscious in the last couple of years um, due, to, due to health issues and aging, um, also known as reality. And uh, one of those is that I like to go over to the fridge with a Sharpie, although you can use whichever uh, writing utensil you prefer, and circle the classes at the gym that I want to take. And that is a tricep workout. It's fantastic. And um, then I don't necessarily even need to go to the gym because I have worked that arm circling it. You can switch it up and use both arms. Another thing you can do, and this is a – so that was all in health advice. Again, you're welcome. Um, in – business advice. I want to give some business advice. When you find a book or podcast, have a recommendation that promises someone tells you this book, this podcast, this video is going to teach you everything you've ever wanted to know about time saving. Let me give you a time saver. Don't listen. Don't read it. Cross that off your list. You can use the other arm you didn't use before and whoop, 
that you got another tricep. So that was a health and business thing. You see how the mind-body connection comes into practice? Well, that is all in uh, business advice and health advice that I have for today. Um, A genuine thing people do ask me often, since I've interviewed over 250 phenomenally successful people, and since I have my master's in psych and definitely did not finish my PhD, so you can take this with pounds of salt, although sometimes I would argue to take their advice with pounds of salt because they've only been in academia and therefore haven't had to be in the work world. But I just want to remind people, um, having interviewed so many um, unbelievably successful people from astrophysicists to athletes to actors that luck is a huge, huge part of this. And I have to remind myself that sometimes, um, but it but it is there, as particularly in subjective fields. Um, it's, it's a part of it, and it's a part of life. And luck also includes not being lucky. Um, so that is just there. That said, ambition and passion, how I said I am not ambitious to the point where I'm going to have um, my name on everything and my logo on everything about my lifestyle blog and um, giving you dental advice and all the other things. Um, but I do have that passion. And that is something that is inherent, and it's it's something that can be cultivated, and you got to keep it sacred how I said with like, you know, Maya going off and doing this cover band like that. Those are the kind of things that fuel it. Having fun, frankly, (laughs) is what fuels that. Um, And you always want to get back to that. For me, it's getting back to that little loopy kid, the little nutter butter I was. Discipline. Discipline is going to be the thing that ensures that that raw talent is realized. Um, Discipline is the thing that the craft uh, depends on in terms of cultivating it. And all of these things hopefully lead to opportunities. That's what the luck part is. Um, And those opportunities enable you to get better at all of the above. So that is my short, short synopsis of everything I've learned. And above all else, I always strive to do good. I think that there's like, you know, I don't think there's good people. I think there are people who do good things and bad things. But really, I think all of us do good things and bad things. And some things frankly, most things, you know, end up having diametrically opposed um, results, whether it's like, you know, you move a factory um, to an area that desperately needs jobs, that's fantastic. But it also means another area doesn't get it. So real when you're making real decisions, they have limits, they are ultimately just choices of roads, and they have consequences. And you just try to make the best decision you can. Um, That's all that's all we have, I feel like on this earth with our time here. And I think that's why I was so happy. This show is a labor of love and it is just such a treat to be able to um, fet and and hear from people who I adore. Um, so here's my interview with the one and only Maya Rudolph. The one and only, um, the mystical and magical, brilliant artist, Maya Rudolph. everyone's so quiet. They're afraid of me. Afraid of beauty. 
afraid of the inner. Remember that movie Black Widow from the 80s? Yes. That's what they think of when they see it. <laughs> I might eat your boyfriend. <laughs> I would actually love to watch that. Who was it? Who, I don't even remember who it was. Guys, who was in Black Widow? Come on, guys. Wow. No one, no one has a phone. No one has a phone. Who was it? Deborah Winger. No, it no. wasn't Deborah Winger, guys. He's like, what's a smart woman who was in the 80s? What's... Yes, it was Teresa Russell. Thank Teresa you. Russell. Thank you for owning a phone. It was Teresa Russell. Um, one of the perks of being a glamorous star is that you get to go on PBS's um, Skip Gates' show and find out about your family. And I thought that was fascinating to yeah. learn about your family, and I wanted to hear. You saw it? Yes. Wow. I got to spit in a tube and then send it to the fine folks at uh, Finding Your Roots, which I guess they do through 23andMe, which mm -hmm. is an ancestry, uh, I guess it's a website, it's a yeah. service. Um, but Skip Gates, who... Um, Henry Louis Gates, professor at Harvard. He's the shit of, of, uh, of uh, genetics. Genetic ancestry. He's the shit. Well, and they have all That's these gene genealogists working yeah. on it, and you have real yeah, journalists. Yeah, so they did it. What the reason why I wanted to do it is because for many years I really, my grandmother was still living at the time that I um, agreed to do it, and I, she and I had always talked about that. I really I wanted more information. There was so much information I didn't yeah. have, and from my Jewish side and from my black side, I just there was there was a lot. And she, I would always grill her. She was my last, you know, older. Um, my, my grandfather's gone, so I would grill her, especially when I had my kids, like, so what was your great-grandmother's name? She was like, I don't know. Is this on your mo mom's side or on, on, your, my dad's dad's side? on your dad's side? Yeah. Um, and didn't there, that side of the family, he owned, like, Wendy's? Sydney? Yes, that Sydney? was my grandmother's husband, yeah. Okay. Sydney, Sydney Rudolph. Sydney yeah. Rudolph, my grandfather, owned Udall? a chain of Wendy's. Udall was his father, who um, I grew up knowing as Julius Rudolph, but his name was actually Yudel Rudishevsky from Lithuania. Yeah. And, and then, he said it was the furthest back, Skip Gates said it was the furthest back he'd ever gone in Jewish genealogy on his show. We went back. Um, he hasn't met my mother. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on, the, on, on your mother's side, that was extraordinary. My mother's side was extraordinary because uh, as anyone can imagine for any African-American, there's slavery, um, and there's a lot of missing information, and there was still so much information that wasn't there. Yes. And there also um, weren't names, but the thing that got me, and I knew that motherfucker was gonna make me cry, which he did. I know. And rightfully so, yeah. but um, he was showing me, um, I think it was my great-grandfather on my mother's side, and we were trying to find out if we could find him, and we were looking at property tax. And so on property tax, um, Slave owners didn't have names because slaves were property. So it just said like male 30 and female 29. And those were his parents. And then it said male five. And I realized that was my great grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that we are at a place where I can know that and now my kids have, I mean, I grew up not, not really knowing where anything was. And, Every, every, every black American is told that they're part Native American. I'm not. I know, you found that out. But, yeah. you're, but you're from... But I'm from Madagascar, guys. I'm yeah. Asian. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I really do... I was so touched that, like, your family stood up... He stood up for himself and his family, and he yeah. sued his... Um, Wasn't that incredible? Yes. Twice. Twice. There were two sets of slaves that... 
that had really interesting emancipation stories that I was fascinated with. Like, they went to court and they ended up winning. Like, so they were I emancipated, just they would, but yeah. they didn't really get any rights. And actually, it was, made it worse, where they were now free, but they didn't get any rights, and then they sued. They sued. And won. And won. In so, Kentucky, right? Yeah. yeah. So I come from badass uh, people. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, I had no idea. None. We, we know nothing. You know, and one of the things that Professor Gates was talking about is that most people don't know that much. And how could you? It's, re- it's, it's a lot of work, and it took a team of people for yeah. about six months to give me the information that I have that I'm so grateful to share with my kids so that they at least know, like, where their people come from. come from. So that when they have, like, a goiter or something at the doctor, they know they're part Ashkenazi yeah. Jew. Totally. All of, the, all of the illnesses are on that side. Also, lactose intolerance goes both sides. No, that's true. No, I, 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 I hit the mother load of illnesses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're allowed to and share, hair. share the wealth and hair. Lots um, of luscious locks. Speaking of luscious locks, there's this adorable picture of you from when you were a little kid that I just... Really? I love this photo of you. There she, there she blows. I feel like it just, like, captures your essence as this, like, totally loopy, adorable star. You know, you haven't known me for that long, but the amount of time that we have known each other, you're right. It's true. It really is true. That's kind of me. That's always like, I do that for a living. I feel like you preserved that. You held on to it. Yeah. I wasn't sure if this was you with your mom on stage. No, that's my brother. That's your brother. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was like trying to figure out because I was like, kind of big. There's, there's, it's 60s, so I wasn't alive yet. My brother's four years older than me, but yeah, that's my and brother Mark. And so that's Mark. your mom and your brother Mark mm-hmm. and um, your mom, Minnie Ripperton, who was an unbelievable soul singer. Yeah. That was in her band, The Rotary Connection. I can tell because Sydney Barnes has wearing that big old hat. But yeah, you can tell that's a 60s and not a 70s afro. That's late 60s afro. I love it. But yeah, that's totally my brother. How I cute. Saw this... Look, he's, wearing, he's holding a drumstick, I know, it's so sweet. I know. I saw this interview um, with her on YouTube with, uh, on the Mike Douglas show. Isn't that fascinating? You know, you have to understand something. So growing up, my mom died... Um, really young, she had breast cancer and it, she was 31 and she had aggressive cancer, but needless to say, like, it was just a different time. People didn't know, people didn't talk about it. Um, and she, uh, I, I grew up knowing that she had been on talk shows and, um, and performed a bunch, but I had nothing. And then YouTube came yeah. along and all of a sudden I was able to see my mother speaking and talking and see her eyes move and like, it's the, it's the, greatest gift. I have to hump the guy who invented YouTube. Yeah. That's the way to go. I lo- I That's mean, what I do for people I appreciate. There was d- the one where she was trying to deposit $10,000. Oh, which one was that? I'll show this to you. So she was trying to deposit, 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 give the bank $10,000. Okay, Minnie. And they basically like didn't trust that it was her. Oh, yeah. She got and they made her with- sing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do know that story. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she got stopped once. We, I was born in Gainesville, Florida, and I guess we were driving across country to move to California. And um, I guess Angela Davis was on the run or something. <laughs> and so they pulled my parents over and thought, and, and were really aggressive and, like, physical with both of them because they thought it was... And I was like, well, we see an afro. Must be her. Wow. It must be Angela Davis. Yeah, but it wasn't. Jesus. Um... This will be a really easy, smooth transition. Great. Um, to asking you about a teacher you had in high school who I've had the luxury of meeting. I'm Jim Hosney. Yes. 
Um, so How did you meet him? So he's he's um, an unbelievable teacher, and I'm very jealous that you got to have this guy because he's also a professor at AFI. Oh, look at that. Um, so I th- so the lead up to this was I had talked to him about you. I you and did? yeah, and he remembered all these things about like a Berktold Brechtian play. Um, play that you were in yes. with Jack Black. That's correct. Um, I was I- Natella Abashvili, the governor's <laughs> wife. We did the Caucasian chalk circle when I was in the ninth grade. <laughs> because everybody thought that was a good idea. (laughs) It was that, and then some, um, a movie, Love and Demon, there was like some seductress scene. I actually have it written down, but. If he gave you a copy of it, I would pee myself right now. I I don't have a copy of it, I just have I might have it. Um, You have Um, to understand something. I went to a school that, in California that for whatever it was worth, we just, we had this amazing teacher. We had a film teacher, his name was Jim Hosby. He also taught at AFI until very recently he retired. Yeah. And he, he showed us the most amazing films and I'm sure no one could get away with it now, but they were so... Um, songs and dances. What songs and dances? I don't know, but you were Venus. <laughs> oh, he's talking about I danced to the Bananarama yeah. Yeah. Uh, version of Venus. Yeah, but he's had he's had two thousand six hundred students and he completely remembered. Remember, oh all of us. yeah, he remembered all of us. He kind of um, transformed all of our lives. Everyone that went through that school, it was just one of those things. And then you could make your own films, and he showed us Warhol films, which he really shouldn't have shown us, and um, <laughs> and uh, all the French New Wave films, and it was a, it was an unbelievable experience. Yeah. And I really did leave high school thinking I was going to be a filmmaker. And that, so, okay, so then um, was that why you major? I thought you majored, so is that why you majored in photography? I did because at UC Santa Cruz, whoop, whoop, um, in order to do film, you had to join the, the I, I, I thought I'd do theater arts because I knew I was going to be a performer. That's just all I know how to do. So I started that, and then I was like, oh, there's a bunch of geeks here. <laughs> and so I started doing other stuff. And Angela Davis was a professor there. So oh, wow. I actually see how did I did. you get to tell her the story? No. But mm-hmm. I marched next to her uh, during the Rodney King. Oh, um, much more important. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. We, we marched together. Wow. With dreadlocks at the time. Not an afro. Um, and, then, uh, and then in order to uh, do film, it was through the, the theater series. So I went to film and then I was like, fuck, this is hard. Yeah, and so is. I just went to photo, and I was like, "I'm gonna do theater when I get home, guys, because <laughs> I want to be on Saturday Night Live." And so, well, okay, so we'll transition there because I, I was gonna ask a little bit about being in bands because you were doing music then. Also. I think I've just always done it. It's funny because I've been talking about it a lot more. I'm I'm here in town with my best friend Gretchen, and we've been singing together since college. Um, that's kind of how we bonded. We bonded over Prince, and then this band that we do, Princess. Which was her idea, because we love we love Prince, and um, and so uh, what was I saying? That you would just have always done music. Yes, yeah, so I've always done music, and I realized and later because it rentals. kind of. Oh yeah, that was my first job out of college. I got hired to play keyboards. See that guy Matt in the glasses? He used to be in Weezer, and then when he left Weezer, he started this. He did this album, and he needed people to tour with them. So I. <laughs> My friends from high school said, "Get my friend Maya; she'll do it." That's awesome. So I did it. And so you were do- were you were doing that at the same time as like the Groundlings? I was doing the Groundlings. Well, as soon as I was done with that, I came back into the Groundlings. I remember being in college, and my I, my dad said, "What do you want to do when you get out of college?" I was like, "I want to be on Saturday Night Live." 
And he said, that's great. And you know, he was a musician, so he can't say, yeah. no, go get a real job. You have the same thing now with kids, because like neither you nor yes. uh, her husband's also a phenomenal filmmaker. And like, I know it's going to be hard you when they're like, encourage. we don't want to go to college. You'll yeah, like, oh. I know, I know. It's, um, uh, it, I think his, his idea of it was smart. He was just like, great, how are you going to support yourself while you're figuring that out? So I, um, so I don't, you were like, I'll be a photo major. Yeah, that didn't pan out. And then the iPhone came out, so we're good. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I, always, I was also, I always wanted to make clothes, and so um, I ended up being an assistant for um, uh, wardrobe people, and so I would do like commercials and music videos and just shop, just shop and like return shit for a living. And then I'd go to the Groundlings at night and... You're basically ready for retirement. You have, you're like, I'm I know so what it's like to ready. shop and return. I'm so fucking ready. <laughs> Is it time yet? Um, but with, with um, SNL, I, I'm, so most people audition. You didn't audition. You're like... No, but it was weird. It wasn't like, a, oh, you're so great. Don't audition. Yeah. It, was a we- it was one of those weird, lucky things where I was like, some comedy goddess yeah. allowed this to be. Because do- people don't... There's no such thing as not auditioning. Right. But I had a really fakakta, um, ma- like first manager was like, I'll get you the job. And then the night before I was supposed to fly out, she said, don't go, the contract's really bad. And I was young, I was like 25 or 26, I was like, okay. And it didn't come, and then I just like, I just freaked wow. out. Why, what was I thinking? Why did I listen to this one person? This is my, um, all I'd ever want. It was my dream, it really was my dream. And, um, and so I just, st- I, was, I was at the Groundlings in LA and I just stayed there. And I kept doing my shows, and then sweet Steve Higgins, who saw me the first time, came back, and he said, you, you should really come back. And I would sent, like, a tape of all my, like, janky sketches and, this, you know, like, with, like, bad ratty wigs and stuff. And so I came out, and I met with Lorne Michaels and had a horrible interview. And Because um, you were choking on popcorn? Yes, I, I think that happened. He keeps, um, he keeps a basket of popcorn in his office. Oh, touch it. And I don't know about you, but like when you're f- having those first awkward meetings with people, you do things because <laughs> yeah. you're nervous. Yeah. So I saw popcorn and I was trying to be really cool and I just like picked him up and I was like, Yeah. Because when, yeah. when you have cotton mouth because you're nervous, it's not a good time to eat popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fine. It was just a really lame, it was like there was no reason for him to hire me. But instead of auditioning, they had me come out for the last three shows of that season. And it was me and Zach Galifianakis. I know, I didn't realize that, so he was a writer. They brought him out as a writer, Lord knows why. Again, I think the comedy goddesses were like, guess what, kid, you're gonna go on to bigger and better things. Because he just, like, he got there, we would walk back to the room, like, what the fuck are we doing here? It's like, (laughs) I don't know, this is really weird. And um, <laughs> he thought he was going to be an actor. They made him a writer. And he was miserable. But then, you know, he made his own universe, which I think is brilliant. Know, yeah. Brilliant. So it all worked out. I wanted to show, um, like, one clip of you doing Oprah on SNL and then one clip from your new show, My and Marty, where you're doing Oprah. Because the thing, I was reading um, that SNL book, and it's so beautiful how... I, I loved how Lauren Michaels described you, and he's like, it's not about like the famous impressions because you can do so many unbelievable characters. It's the way that you take characters and you create these special lives for them. And he, um, his quote was that you, uh, your daring, exuberant spirit, is what he was said about you. I gotta get this you. book. I did not know he said that. <laughs> and he just he he obviously just astutely as he is, you know, understood, you know, that it was your daring spirit that 
was what he was hiring. Wow. And you, you make all these characters your own, whether whether there's someone people have never seen before or not. It's more like well, what he, you do with he's them. He's actually pretty accurate because it took me a while to realize I don't know how to do impressions. I just do characters. So, well, they're they're just phenomenal. not. They're Keep not doing what you're doing. They're not. They're not. I'm not an impressionist, basically. Yeah. So it's just, I like to make funny voices and make these like loopy. So I just wanted to show one from SNL. Get ready for Oprah's favorite things: birthday edition. It's Oprah's favorite things: birthday edition. Uh, you ladies are going to love this. First up on Oprah's favorite things, my favorite to die for cashmere sweater set by Ralph Lauren! <laughs> now these, these are the absolute best. Julia Roberts told me about these. She is a big turkey lover. And Julia Roberts told me that nobody does turkeys like Green Hour Samoa Turkey! <laughs> Just like Oprah's favorite things, only more exciting. I think someone's head pops off at the end. I love it. That was no no joke. My friend Emily Spivey wrote that, and that that was no joke, like almost word for word. We watched in Oprah's favorite things. It was like the Christmas edition or something, and they were like, John Travolta had these Uggs on a plane, and John Travolta said, like it was just basically word for word, and people were losing their fucking shit. But, it, but you know stuff what? Never need. It yeah. is exciting. I, I, I mean, I not that I get shit under my chair very often, but when you do, you're like, fuck! Oh, yes! And she's giving away pretty sweet I know. shit. Oh, but, and by, well, that's also like, I love that you got the corporate version of her too. I always kind of yeah. try to figure out, like, does Ellen give better gifts or does Oprah give better gifts? But I think, I think there was a moment there where Oprah was giving. She gave some cars away. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's pretty good. I know. I'll do. I, I, I think Oprah. I mean, uh, Ellen does do a lot of big time, big time stuff, right? Hopefully, after this, they'll do even more. Like, I'm just I hoping hope we're so. sort of egging them on to do. That's what this podcast is for. Yeah, that's the hope. That's the hope. Um, so I wanted to show this one clip from Maya and Marty with Oprah, just to show like a, because she's changed. Like now, I feel like then she was sort of like this person you could relate to. That was a big thing. Yeah. And, and now she's like this corporate guru who, if she like ran for president, we'd be like, okay. Oh, I, I think we're seeing that uh, <laughs> happening right now. I got a confession. I love bread. I love bread. I love bread. I have bread every day. And on Weight Watchers plan, it's okay. Because I'm talking about bread, y'all. Fat? I have some bread. Angry? I fill it with bread. Celebrating? Uh, uh, uh. Let's all have some bread. Look under your seats. What's under there? Bread! Ooh. What is this, sourdough? Mmm. Mmm. Dear Lord, it's French. French bread. Mmm. <laughs> That's a good place to stop. So my friend Emily, who wrote the original, who was the writer at Saturday Night Live, uh, wrote that one too, which was actually really amazing full circle. We're all getting old together. And, well, so the, I was going to ask, so like on Maya and Marty, is it mainly SNL, people you worked with at SNL? 
there were quite a few crew, and we did it with Lorne Michaels, and we did it in the building, but, um, but we also had a lot of different people, too. Okay. Did I say something funny? Oh, no. They're, oh, they're looking at the... Oh, the, okay. yeah. oh that's Pierre. And that's... Ke oh, it's P I thought it was Keenan. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah, that does look like Keenan. <laughs> Same bow tie. No, that's a llama named Pierre. Was there... What, what was the transition, like, between having the Maya Rudolph show, you were going to have, like, this whole show of yours, which you did, and then to switching to Maya and Marty, was that a happy transition for oh, you? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I have four fucking kids, so, you know, I don't really work unless I want to, yeah. which is a, which is a, a blessing. A blessing. And, um, and I did that show with Lauren as well, and um, I just wanted to do it the right way, so I kind of sat on it for a while. And it was him that said, what about you and Marty? And I, I'd met Marty you know, um, coming to SNL, he's an old friend of Lawrence, but you know, I grew up in love with him. I mean, he's he's the fucking best. Well, I and now Keenan is so big in it too. I was thinking about the Mandrell sisters. Do you remember that show? Yeah, Barbara Mandrell and the yeah. Mandrell sisters. Well, that's how I think you guys are like the that's new Mandrell sisters. That's a really good idea. Oh, good. <laughs> They're both natural. I mean, Keenan is like a consummate. He's like the perfect sketch. Yeah, you can player. You can put him in anything. Um, and Marty's just like the the consummate performer. He makes everything positive, exciting, fun. He's not selfish, so you can yeah. he he works well with others, you know. So yeah, it was kind of a dream team. Which, by the way, I give Lauren full credit because it really was his idea. He was like, "Oh, you're a ham, and you're a ham. Why don't you guys work together?" But but in all honesty, he also knows that we're all adults and we have an appreciation for life as well as work. And, um, and he really, it was like a real, he really got it right. I, I just, I love that. I love that Canadian man. <laughs> Lauren and Marty. I love them both and they're both Canadian. Who doesn't love Canada? It's a great place. Yeah. We that's, might, where, that's where we're all going. I know, we're all gonna be moving there in November. <laughs> we're all gonna be moving, moving right up. Um, and then you do a lot of like indie movies and, and phenomenal roles in them. And um, I was just curious, like, what is it that inspired you to um, do Angry Birds? Uh, well, <laughs> kids. Yeah, because right, they can go to it. There's actually another Angry Bird here in the is audience. Is there really? Where, yeah, one other person who's a voice in Angry Birds who's going to remain silent. Who still right shall remain very <laughs> nameless. Um, but um, yeah, kids, kids, when those things come along, you're like, ah, oh, fuck it. It's for my kids. And they can watch it, and they can enjoy it. Yes. And they know what it is, so they were really psyched. And I was like, guys, you're not gonna see me. It's not that big until they were really psyched to be able to. to watch they just it. get psyched because they've never seen bridesmaids. They've never seen any of Paul's movies. They don't really see what we do yet. Yeah. Can I tell you that I met a woman who is um, Spanish, and I was explaining that you were on the show, and she goes, Oh, Maya Rudolph, ese pupu a la calle. That's an international phrase. It's a pupu en la calle. That is like an amazing That's way to be That's gonna be on known. my tombstone in Spanish. <laughs> it's a pupu en la calle. That's that lady. I was like, just thinking like, you've probably done like hundreds of films and projects and things and I was just sitting there and I was like, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's what it gets watered down to. You're the lady that shit in the street. Pretty much. But I did love that that was, that was a huge meaty role and it was both a critical success and, I mean, like, it made over $279 million at the box office. Like, it just, 
it seemed like a real um, segue. It was the first time that I'd ever been involved in anything where quality and commerce actually met. I'm yeah. used to things being great and bombing. Yeah. Or being like, oh, well, I don't think anyone's going to see it, but I thought it was funny. And we, when we were making it, felt like, wow, this is really funny, and we liked it. Yeah. But we weren't expecting what happened after that, which kind of became its own... It became its own thing, and then people started calling it things that no one had ever intended, but it was... Right. It was um, it was really the first experience I ever had because even Saturday Night Live has an underdog yes. quality to it purposefully, you know, so not ready for primetime players. Yeah, you're the like. Well, and everyone always like you know says, well, when I was young, it was so much better. Right. Which, you know, there's yes. always like that kind of like. Which is fantasy. true. I mean, it's just true. <laughs> Things are better when you're younger. Cause you're <laughs> Cause you're no, but I. But yeah, I mean, people. I remember going to the contain- container store when I lived here, and some lady was like, "Are you on?" Saturday Night Live, and I said, yeah, and she said, I thought Sherry O'Terry was the funniest woman on that show, and I said, that's great, she says, it's not funny anymore, all right? Thank you for sharing. But by the way, that's like a regular conversation that people have with... Where they just unsolicited let you know something that you don't, yeah. uh, undermining. You don't the have best to... is when people make you work for the answers, like, you're that lady. Yes. How do I know your name? <laughs> I know you. You do. <laughs> you know me. Where I know you from? I was on Saturday Night Live. That's probably... Nope, that's not it. <laughs> okay. Here we go. You a parent at uh, Carther Elementary? Nope. I don't live in your city. Yes. Yes. I just told you where I used to work, which is probably the only reason you know my face. I... <laughs> I also like, so in your spare time, which I don't understand how you have any, but you do art, you paint? Oh, a little bit. I mean, okay. I do watercolors for, of my kids. I did, okay, so I used to do watercolors of my kids every Father's Day, and uh, I gave, I oh, it's just. Once a, once a year. It was okay, once a year. all right, okay. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I'm not a fucking, no. Yeah, no. Um, I also, I had heard that you worked at Benny's Burritos. Is that true? I did in the um, 7th and, was it 7th and B? Yeah. In the takeout side. That was, what, that was my first New York job when in 95. How long were you there? Like six months. Six months. Do you remember it? I was, they were very happy, uh, happily releasing of my time when I left. <laughs> I had no restaurant experience whatsoever. I told you about my, like, I, I, um, my first job when I dropped out, dropped out of my doctor at Blue Ribbon, they were, like, trying to fire me. And, I, yeah. and, they, and they told me I was overqualified, and I was like, I know. And I didn't understand that they're like, no, anyone can do this. Anybody, except for you. And your answer to that was what? <laughs> I, it just took me, like, ten minutes, because I was yeah. like, you know, showbiz is going to take a while. You know, so I just gotta, I think I gotta keep this. And they're like, no, no, no. Oh, but they still let me eat there, which is very nice, That's I think. So as long nice. as I pay full price, they said it's fine. That's so nice. Yeah, I thought it was I worked thoughtful. at the, um, the coffee shop in Union Square. That was where I went for after Benny's Burritos because I'm mixed. And so if you look remotely Brazilian, they hire you. I love this. I love this. Um, and I had no restaurant experience. And one time this lady, I was taking over for somebody else's table and um, they were in the weeds. You guys, you kids know what that means, right? They were, real, they were real, real busy. So I took over for this person's table and we had this system where if you ring in your order, the ticket came up at the bar for their drinks or whatever and it turned out they were out of whatever they ordered. So they were never giving the person the message because they had never come to the bar because I was taking care of their table. Anyway, 
So I went over to these assholes <laughs> at their table, and I said, I'll be taking everything. We ordered drinks, and we didn't get them. And I said, I'm so sorry, I'll go get them for you, and I'm, I'm helping someone out. I went over, and I got them. I brought them over, and then um, I said, are you ready to order? And they said, let me ask you a question. He said, this is, oh, first he said, this is taking too long. I was like, I understand, I'm sorry, I'm help, uh, and I'm, I'm here now, I'll be your server, I'm taking over somebody. And he said, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a restaurant before? <laughs> oh, God, oh. What? He said, I mean, have you ever been out to eat before? And um, I just said, like, I have, and I'll be right back. And I went to the kitchen, and I went. Nice. That makes me feel so much better. There were these like really beautiful girls in ninth grade, and they would be like, "No butter, no butter." I worked in this deli, and I would put so much butter. And now I, f- I felt so guilty when I was older and Fuck had all these them. weird food allergies, and now I don't at all. Fuck. Thank you, Maya. Thank You're welcome. Thank you. You feel so better. Fuck rudeness. I think that all of my children should work in the service industry because humbling and yeah. understanding what it's like to be fucking waited on and you have some yeah. sort of privilege, you can go suck it. Yeah. It's very important to know that you are, you know, lucky to have somebody bring you your uh, chicken schnitzel. Um, well, I want to encourage people to go see Princess. Um, I'm so happy. Friday and Saturday night for people from D.C. D.C. represent. Let me hear it. People from D.C. It's going to be at 930 Club. I love that he like raised his hand. Um, Come to the 930 Club on Sunday night. We'll be playing Prince songs all night long. It's really fun. We we started this band a long time ago. We never thought Prince would die. But we're just gonna keep we're just gonna keep playing them, and we love this oh. song so much. And he loved that you guys did this. I mean, he actually, you know, he was so careful about what people were allowed and not allowed to do. And you could tell when he loved people with like um, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Remember when he did him on the album? And yeah, yeah. And he, I the know pancakes. that. And you went to his funeral even, right? We did. Uh, Gretchen and I went to his memorial, which I'm really still blown away that his family welcomed us. I but mean, that's I think why. It's, that's I think it's why. a bit. It, it, they really understood how much love we had for him, and also he gave us his blessing because we went to go see him. I was pregnant with one of my four children, and. Um, we went backstage to meet him, and when when I'll, I'll give you just a quick um, precursor story, but but um, uh, Gretchen and I sing "Darling Nikki" in our set, and on the album uh, "Purple Rain," at the end of it, there's a part that's backwards, and we're such nerds that we've been singing it together forever, and so we it's part of our set. So when we met Prince, the first thing he said was, "How y'all gonna do the backwards part?" And he gave us hugs. So we feel really. Do you want to do the backwards part? Sure. Gretchen, can you come out? Oh, there she is. Come on, Bessie. Gretchen, come on down. You just won the Price is Right. Guys, Gretchen, leave her up! I got a couple of Proseccos. Fuck it. Yeah, come on, have a seat, buddy. This is Gretchen Liebram. The yin to my yang. Yeah. Yeah. We so we're we're old buddies and we used to sing together in college and then this this crazy gal had an idea to start a Prince cover band after we had what, six kids, five kids between us? Six. Yeah. So, um, so we've been doing it, because this is what we do anyway without people paying us, but now we get to do it publicly. Um, so, okay, so you want to just do the backwards part? Is that what we're just, doing? Is that what we're doing? Just 
Sure, let's get, yeah. So, does, is anyone familiar with the song, Darling Nikki? Yeah. So at the... Yeah. He is. He's coming to the 9.30 club. So at the end, um, the whole thing is recorded backwards, and that's what you're going to hear. And there's a, just picture some, some wind, maybe some wind and rain. Thank you. Here goes nothing. She's an incredible singer, and she has a beautiful new project called Sargent, and she's going to be playing here next week at the, uh, what's it called? Something. I'm going to be going, it's in Brooklyn, I believe, and I just love that from just playing, you know, and having fun, which is also yeah. what I love that you're doing. There's so many people out there building their empires, and I'm so happy that you're like, what can I do that I'm actually just going to enjoy for fun? Yeah, we, that's basically what it is, and then we go on these little mini tours, we call them momcations, because we don't bring our kids. Because the songs are, the early Prince songs are pretty damn dirty. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to give you um, just a couple gifts. Um, Loving Day from this author, Matt Johnson, is about growing up mixed race, and he was I um, know on about NPR. This. It's, it's, um, it's an unbelievable book, and I just liked um, his, his talking about growing up with lots of religions and everything like that. I don't know if you have time to read, but I... I never um, read, but thank you. Okay, good. <laughs> um, a sketchbook for you to draw. I do like to draw. Tons of gifts from FCTRY Factory for your kids, including gnome crayons Thank and you, um, unicorn snot. What? Um, it's really? a glitter. Yeah. Aww. But you can tell them it's snot from unicorns. That's so nice. Um, and some delicious treats from Russ and Daughters. Yes! Who loves you dearly. And we also got you a Benny's burrito. You really did? Yeah. Thank you. for making our lives so hey. fun and thank you for being a kindred spirit. Isn't she a gem? Yeah. Not to be confused with Gem is Truly Outrageous. I want to thank Alex Siner for recording this episode, editing it, and putting it all together. I want to thank all of you for listening. I want to thank um, everyone at Joe's Pub. If you enjoy this, please do rate us high on iTunes and give us a star. Those things matter. I Honestly, I just wanted you to write something nice that I could put on the fridge, but apparently it needs to go on iTunes. Um, thanks to all of you, and I look forward to talking to you next episode. <laughs>